0: The Trudeau government spent $61,000 on hotels for the Prime Minister's recent trip to New York City.
1: Former Toronto Mayor John Tory has endorsed Anna Bailau to become the next mayor of the city.
0: More details emerge on Alberta's plans to hire arson investigators to look into the province's wildfires. Hello, Canada. It's Thursday, June 22nd, and this is True North's Daily Brief. I'm Rachel Emanuel.
1: And I'm Noah Jarvis.
0: We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. Documents reveal that taxpayers were billed $61,000 for hotel rooms during a recent trip to New York City by Prime Minister Justin Trudeau to attend the celebrity-studded Global Citizen Now Anti-Poverty Summit. As reported by the National Post, the documents containing the figures were released in response to an order paper question from BC Conservative MP Dan Albus. The government booked a total of 14 rooms at the luxury Intercontinental New York Barclay Hotel for the night of April 25. 39 rooms were booked for the nights of April 26 and 27, and 11 were booked for the night of April 28. Each room cost about $562 Canadian per night. Not only that, but the government also rented an office for PMO and Privy Council office staff to use in the hotel for the cost of $1,137 Canadian. However, the document notes that renting space for the Privy Council office is standard procedure. Reacting to the news, conservative ethics critic Michael Barrett questioned why Trudeau traveled to New York while Canadians are struggling at home. Of course, this isn't the first time Trudeau has been in hot water. He also came under fire after it revealed that taxpayers were billed nearly half a million dollars for hotel rooms at the five-star Corinthia London for Queen Elizabeth II's funeral. Trudeau himself stayed in a $6,000 per night river suite during that trip. So Noah, I think it's fairly obvious that this is just tone deaf from the liberal government. I don't know why they felt the need to go to this conference. I don't know why they sent so many staff to go to this conference, and of course spent so much money. It sort of comes across as a blow to the face of taxpayers at home who are struggling right now. I think that Michael Barrett hit that one right on the head.
1: Exactly. It's not exactly clear how Trudeau's trip to this uh, celebrity event benefits taxpayers in any way. And if you look at the details uh, in the hotel's expenses, I mean, the, the summit or the conference happened from April 27th to the 28th. And they were already booking hotel rooms for, for April 25th. Uh, the prime minister even, didn't even arrive until April 26th. So, And, you know, they booked four Uh, four nights of hotels for only two days at a conference. So it seems like, you know, they have very little regard for, you know, saving the taxpayers' dollars. And um, this is part of the reason why, you know, we have this government running up such a large uh, budget deficit because it is just a constant pattern within this government. They have very little regard for the taxpayer dollar.
0: And something that frustrates me about this government, the Trudeau Liberals, but also provincial governments is this constant desire to look outwards to other countries and say, we need to invest in here. We need to help out here. We need to give money to this cause when citizens at home are struggling. And I actually think that this is, Theft from the taxpayer. We pay so much money in taxes in Canada. I just got my tax bill. I did a bit of freelance work last year and I am just blown away at how I owe the government so much money, but we have to pay so much in taxes and then our government just decides to give it away to foreign countries when people are really struggling at home in Canada. And that's kind of considered a controversial thing to say, but it shouldn't be. We're not doing well at home right now. People are struggling at the poverty line. We know more and more Canadians are lining up at food banks. It's time to pay attention to the issues that we have at home and have a Canada first focus again.
1: Exactly. And you would think after the prime minister had revealed to spend, you know, $6,000 a night on a hotel room and spend nearly half a million dollars on hotel expenses uh, going to the Queen's funeral, you would think that after these stories have broken that uh, the Trudeau government would be a bit more cautious with how you know they're spending the taxpayer dollars and how much they're spending on hotel expenses. But uh, clearly, you know, this has unfazed them. This has not phased them. And they continue to spend ludicrous amounts of money on their lavish lifestyles. Former Toronto Mayor John Tory has endorsed his one-time deputy, Anna Bailao, to become the next mayor of the city. In a six-minute video uploaded to social media, Tory talked about a mayor's crucial roles and responsibilities and why he thinks bylaw is capable of delivering. Tory served as Toronto's mayor for two full terms beginning in 2014, but his third term was cut short after a story broke in the Toronto Star, revealing an affair he had with a city employee, compelling him to resign. Tory's endorsement of Bailao's campaign comes as no surprise, as she was appointed as one of Tory's deputy mayors and served in the role from 2017 to 2022. Bylaw has received a lot of support from Toronto's political class, being with nine Liberal MPs endorsing her, as have seven city councillors and former Toronto mayors Art Eggleton and Barbara Hall. At a press conference earlier in the day, Premier Doug Ford said he and Tory have an excellent relationship, but has chosen to endorse Mark Saunders for the mayoralty instead. Saunders attacked Tory for endorsing Bylaw, tweeting that Tory gave up on Toronto again, and that Chow is the winner of a Tory backroom deal. A recent Forum Research poll pegged Bailao at 13%, tied for third place, and nearly 20 points behind the race's frontrunner, Olivia Chow. Rachel, in your experience covering elections, do these high-profile um, endorsements from former politicians really have any effect in the last week of a uh, election campaign?
0: That's a really good question. I think that I would look at it on a case-by-case basis. We know that in the recent Alberta provincial election, former Conservative Prime Minister Stephen Harper actually gave two endorsements to the United Conservative Party. He later gave a second one in which he was more specific and actually named Danielle Smith leader of the UCP for the first time. And then he did several individual endorsements with candidates that were in really tight ridings like Tyler Shandro. Who ultimately ended up winning. So we know that that was in an effort to paint the UCP as a fairly moderate party. The mainstream media had done a really good job of painting Danielle Smith as someone who was very, very far to the right, which she actually isn't really at all. She's personally a little bit more libertarian and has certainly ruled as more of a centrist with her policy. She's spending a lot of money right now, for example. So that was really an effort to attract those voters who just weren't sure if they could trust the conservatives under Danielle Smith. I suspect it had a little bit of an impact. I don't think it had too much. But when we look at municipal politics, it's just a totally different ball game. And I'm curious to see if these endorsements will really have an effect. At this point, Olivia Chow is just so far ahead in the race. I have a hard time imagining that they're gonna make much of a difference. And you know, when we look at the different conservative candidates that are running, there is some high profile candidates. We've got Mark Saunders. Of course, we also have Anthony Fury, who has taken a leave of absence from True North as our vice president of editorial content. But it looks like maybe one of the conservative candidates would have to step aside to really bolster a profile of another conservative candidate and give them a chance against Chow. So it's a really interesting race that's shaping up right now. And I'm curious to see what's going to happen later on this month.
1: Yeah, I think in terms of this election specifically, John Tory is, was a very popular mayor in Toronto, but this endorsement, I think, comes too little too late. Bylaw is about... behind Chow, give or take in the polls. Chow Lau has been consistently polling in the low to mid thirties. Bai has been, uh, depending on the polling company, she's been polling in between 7% and like 15%. And this endorsement from Tory would have helped gain, helped her gain some momentum, gain some steam earlier on in her campaign. And it seems now with only a week to go, you know, people aren't really going to be caring about their uh, Tory's, um, endorsement, they've probably already made their mind up, whether they're going to be voting for Chow or one of the center-right candidates or Matt Lowe. And when it comes to these high-profile endorsements, you need that to help you gain some steam. I think in Anthony Fury's case with Dr. Jordan Peterson endorsing him, that helped him gain some momentum. And John Baird eventually endorsed him, and that helped him gain some more moment- momentum. Uh, in this case, with uh, Tory endorsing bylaw it just seems like too little too late.
0: The Alberta government says it will hire outside arson investigators because it requires additional support due to the unusually early and aggressive wildfire season. Earlier this month, Alberta Premier Danielle Smith announced she would hire arson investigators from outside the province due to the 170 wildfires having no known causes. Forestry and Parks Minister Todd Lowen's office says Alberta investigates every wildfire to determine its origin and cause. His press secretary told True North, quote, while we do have investigators in Alberta who are qualified, given the high number of active wildfires so early this season, we required additional support. Investigators will determine if the fire was caused by humans. Determining whether the fire was deliberately set, otherwise known as arson, is the role of the RCMP or law enforcement. The RCMP announced last week that while the vast majority of Alberta's fires have been attributed to naturally occurring sources, like lightning, The Forestry Crimes Unit is currently investigating 12 suspicious wildfires from this year where human activity is believed to be a factor. In 2022, 21 suspicious wildfires were investigated and a total of 40 suspicious wildfires were investigated the year before that so noah this is an interesting update there's been so much interest in the premier's comments she said on a podcast earlier this month that she was going to be bringing in outside investigators to look into the fires because they just happened so much earlier than usual and of course there were so many more of them than people expected to see especially in may usually wildfire season starts about a month later in alberta doesn't look like the rcmp is super concerned about too many wildfires they said they're investigating 12 suspicious fires so you know there's currently 175 with no known causes But obviously 12 is just a very, very small percentage of that. Still, I'm curious to see what's going to happen here. We know that it was really controversial that the premier said this. A lot of people said she should just blame the fires on climate change. What's your take on this story?
1: Yeah, I think Danielle Smith's response, how she responds to these wildfires will really determine uh, how long she'll be able to serve as premier, whether or not the UCP caucus will revolt, and whether or not she'll be able to endure uh, another four years and perhaps even win re-election. Uh, and, you know, if she handles this situation well, she'll be able to gain the trust of the average Albertan. I think she needs to block out you know the extremes on both sides. You're going to have the left, you know, ignoring the fact that any of these uh, fires uh, are possibly, you know, caused by, you know, someone... Throwing a cigarette in a forest, or you know, just by man man causes like this, uh, they want to blame it on exclusively climate change. And then you're going to have you know the extremists on the other side who are saying, oh, this is a uh, left wing plot, you know, to bring in you know climate policies. You know, you have to, as a leader, you know, be reasonable and you know take everything in stride and make the best decision possible. I think understanding that Alberta does not have the resources to fight these fires alone and bringing in outside the resources is a acute understanding of your strengths and weaknesses and shows good leadership and I think the Alberta people of Alberta will be appreciative of our, of our take on this situation
0: another interesting factor when we look at the wildfires and this hasn't received a lot of coverage I suspect that we'll hear more about it in the coming weeks although for people who live outside of the northern part of the province where the wildfires has really been an issue headed into summer there might be less of an interest but From sources I've spoken to who live in the communities that have been really affected by the wildfires like Drayton Valley, they have just been so unhappy with the bureaucracy and just sort of the lack of communication that's gone on and they've said at times it felt like the bureaucracy really made the situation a lot worse because people who had the ability to help were not allowed to help. And that caused a lot of frustration for people on the ground. I think that's a pretty common thing that we see when governments get involved. You know, we obviously need a coordinated response to a situation like this, with the wildfires, of course, we needed help from the federal government and from other provinces that were able to send firefighters. But I suspect this is just the beginning. We're just starting to scratch the surface of what went wrong here. And we're going to hear a lot more about that in the coming weeks. That's it for today and don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news. Thanks for listening and have a great day.